Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Kent Online Podcast and a chance to hear from the new owner of Gillingham Football Club. It was announced just two days before Christmas that Brad Gallinson had bought the club. Fans are hoping on the pitch his investment will lead to a turnaround in form this season as they battle to stay in the Football League. Off it, the American businessman has already expressed how he wants the whole community to feel part of the club. Well, our sports reporter Luke Cordell has been finding out a bit more about the man whose name has already been chanted at Priestfield. So, Brad, nice to nice to meet you in person for the first, well, sort of second time we met briefly, yeah. didn't we? But uh, how have things been? Tremendous. Um, it's been a it's been a whirlwind two weeks. Mm. I think uh, we've made some really really good progress, specifically on the pitch. Um, you probably saw we have uh, Kenny and Andy that came on yep. board and they're top professionals and they've sort of started our transfer window, which, you know, we saw some really nice success on Saturday. Yep. We have more to go. Um, so things are moving forward. I mean, it's hard right now. We, we sort of are laser focused on one thing, which yeah. you can imagine, which is staying in the EFL. Yep. Everything else is basically secondary. Um, but I think everyone and we and, and, and the organization is seeing that we're starting to make the strides that we need to. When you first came to the club, you must have seen a few games that um, weren't so good. Yeah. Contrast the difference between those games and Saturday. I mean, from me watching, it was a world apart. It must have felt so much better for you as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I thought even before, I, I thought we had sort of half of our half of the pitch was, was pretty well. You know, mm. we, don't, we didn't give up a lot of goals. Yeah. But, you know, there was this glaring thing, which is, you know, scores, yeah. goals ourselves. And I think, um, you know, again, hats off to those guys, Kenny, Andy, Neil... Um, they put some superstars on the pitch, and you just saw it. Like you said, I mean, you saw them passing. You saw them um, aggressive. You saw them controlling the game, controlling possession. We saw two um, goals. Yeah, and we saw two <laughs> goals besides two goals. Yeah, and there could have been six goals. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was fantastic. And the thing about that was is we knew we had the right players, but some of them weren't able to practice at all. Some had one day and mm. some had two days. And so there was always sort of that trepidation, which is, can they work together? And they're just such professionals and they're so skilled yeah. that you saw they just came together like they've, they've been working together all season. And just tell me about, a bit about yourself, if you don't mind. Um, Phil's provided us with a few details on a, a crib sheet, which is quite interesting. A pilot, um, business educated as well, mm-hmm. is that right? And lacrosse in the family as well is it your daughter that plays yes my daughter she actually plays at university college art and um she's actually a senior and they're just starting their season now okay yeah so why didn't you invest in lacrosse why football (laughs) it's funny (laughs) um you know it's a funny question i think um i fell in love with english football okay um main well two reasons the one is the pyramid yep which you know is unlike anything in the u.s you, you can win the playoffs, you can come in last place, you're still splitting the media dollars, it's the same, there's not really anything at stake. Um, and, you know, that's pretty exciting, like yeah. sort of the David and Goliath and relegated and, and, and promotion. And then the other thing about, about football, unlike the U.S., is that it keeps going, it doesn't stop. There's always action. In, in, in our sports, there's commercial breaks, there's yeah. huddles for, football, you know, for, English, for yeah. U.S. football. Um, and it's just so much more exciting and the pace is so much um, you know, more rapid. Did you have a team that you followed? Did you know of Gillingham? I, I did not know of Gillingham. Um, honestly, it was more U.S., yeah. you know, the United States yeah, yeah. team. And then, you know, kind of cliche, it was, you know, the Man U's and the, yeah. the, the big guys. Because we yeah. don't really get a lot of exposure other than, you know, the sort of top premier leagues. Okay. Um, and then sort of learned about the league and then, you know, kind of fell in love with Gillingham. I mean, 
English football must be quite big in America. I mean, I was looking at all the ownership in English football. I think it's something like 23 of the 92 clubs have got US owners or investors. It's massive, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely massive. I mean, especially it's a it's a it's a huge source from an investor standpoint mm. um, of world growth yeah. um, and actually just world domination. I mean, we're you know, like our U.S. football is big, yeah. but it's only big in the U.S. Yeah. Um, English football or football is the rest of the world. Yeah. And so it's, 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 you can sort of see the growth, you've seen the growth, and you would, you would expect the growth to, to continue and be greater than the growth in the U.S. sports. Uh, are you got sort of friends and family over in America now following the Jills? Oh, absolutely. Tons of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they keep asking for gear. Do they? <laughs> send us kits, send us scarves, send us, send us gears. And they, so what, you've they got a little, little town that, that you live in that there's going to be loads of people wearing the Jills merchandise? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to spread blue and white all throughout uh, Tampa, Florida, for sure. <laughs> there might be a Tampa Jills or something Tampa like that. Tampa Jills, exactly. Know, world domination starts here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I mean, this is... What a heck of a challenge, isn't it? I mean, you're literally starting from the bottom. Um, uh, were you pre- sort of prepared for that challenge? Because, I mean, when you first started looking at the team, they were at least one division higher, weren't they? Yeah, well, so I was expecting more like 18 or 19 in the table. Like, oh. I, I definitely knew that we had work to do. Yeah. But I definitely was not expecting 20, you know, literally 24. Yeah. Um, I think, luckily, because of Kenny and Andy, you know, we're hopeful um, it, what, what it's made us do, it's, it's still, you know, the passion's still there, the excitement's still there. What it's done is it's just made it so that, again, we can only focus on one thing right now. Yeah. So there's a whole, I mean, there's a list of 50 things that we want to do with the club, short-term, medium-term, yeah. long-term. And you kind of have to just sort of know that they're there, but everyone just all hands on deck just to stay in the English football yeah. league right now. You've got yourself a, a bigger team around you, haven't you? Experienced people like Kenny and Hesse and the manager's experience as well. That all helps, and you you're quite keen on delegating sort of stuff and letting the, letting them sort of do the you give them the resources then do the job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's sort of what I've done with all my businesses mm. in the U.S. Um, especially this football club. I mean, this football club is four or five businesses in one. Yeah. Right. So the idea is that each of those businesses need to be run by people that are way smarter than me and yeah. way more specialized. And honestly, um, we brought in obviously Kenny and Andy for football, mm-hmm. sales, marketing. Um, Paul Fisher in operations, um, they already had exceptional people. So it was actually quite easy. We kept all of them. They're, they're unbelievably yeah. hardworking and competent people. Yeah. Is, is football your number one sport now? Is it? it is. Yeah? It is. Especially after last night, my Bucks lost bad. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, there's, I mean, football sort of overcomes you. There's nothing like it. It's absolutely my first, uh, my first sport. English football. Right, okay. Yeah, and yeah. You, you've not sort of slipped into the habit of saying soccer you definitely football now. no i find that you know it's funny obviously it's soccer in our side yeah. but there's sort of a respect there there's actually a funny world cup ad did you see it with david beckham and peyton manning right okay and they would say crisps chips football oh, okay. soccer yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's kind of funny but i think you know the respect is it's football um and you guys name it football and we should respect that it's football have you been doing any research on the club from its history point of view or anything like that so you sort of get to know the, the club and all of its be. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and one of the things that strikes me is that the average football fan um, knows everything. They know 
December 28th, 1991, I was, you know, sitting and X did this and they tied the game. And then, the, I mean, it's that. And if you get that stat wrong, they'll tell you. Oh, yeah, they'll <laughs> tell you. Exactly. So I will definitely never be that competent. Yeah. Um, but the history is important. I mean, this club is now what, almost about 130 years old. We were actually yesterday just talking about kits for next season. Okay. And one of the conversations was just that is that can we bring some of the history back in the colors yeah. um, into the kits going forward? Because. Um, again, we're, we're custodians of a club that's mm. you know over a century old, um, and the idea is just to keep it going. Yeah, uh, stuff like that must be quite exciting. Is that are you doing it for the excitement and the love and the passion rather than the investment? So I'm sure you've probably invested in better returns, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, if you look at return on investment, um, English football clubs would not be the way to go. No. <laughs> um, that being said, though, um, there's more than just money. And there's nothing like an English football club. Mm. Um, you know, I've, I've sort of owned, sold, been part of many, many types of businesses. And I would say that this is a category that is just completely separate from anything. So I wouldn't trade it for anything. Did someone did, who put the idea in your head to go out and find a football club? Because you, you were saying in the press conference, you, you made the cold call to Paul Scally and all of a sudden you want... Did it, was it like that? All of a sudden you wanted a club or had it always been like a dream? Or? Yeah, it had always been a dream. Honestly, the, the early, early dream, um, just because it's a, traditionally my sport is, is an NFL football team. Yep. I mean, they're about $7 billion now, $5 wow. billion now. Yeah. So um, they're a bit pricey. <laughs> it's a much bigger risk tolerance. Yeah. Um, and so sports was always something that I wanted to do. And sort of English football, like, it sort of took years to sort of learn and get comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, and then it sort of was a natural thing to do. What do you make of Priestfield Stadium? It's got a lot of history here. The club have always been here. Can you see them moving away? Is that a long-term plan? Or? Yeah, it's a, so um, I think in the, in the short term, Priestfield needs a little TLC, yeah. um, a little capital. Not, not so much, but, but the history is there. I think um, as the team gets more success, so a promotion or two, I think it's quite viable and something that we want to look at. It's a good problem to have. Yeah that we would probably want to upgrade to a new stadium in the mm. community, though. Yeah. Um, I think that's a natural progression as you get sort of up leagues. Um, but again, I mean, now we're sort of fighting to stay in the football league, so it's hard to sort of realistically say, oh, when we reach championship, yeah. do we want a new stadium? How big do we want that stadium? That, that's great problems to have. That will be a future interview. That, yeah, that okay, okay, about. I look forward Absolutely. to that one. <laughs> you mentioned the community. You're, you're big on it, aren't you? And was it your idea to, to have the sort of the cheap tickets for the Crawley game? The Crawley well? game, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Loads of people paying a pound for a match and brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I mean, again, you know, I say this, that um, I think some people lose sight, some owners, uh, mm. chairman, that we serve the fans. Yep. Um, the fans don't serve us. And so the idea here is that, and, and this is actually a bit unique to an English football club, is that the football club is the community. It's yeah. not just one, like in the U.S., you have football, you have baseball, you have basketball, you have hockey. And yeah, people like to go to the games, but it's not the community. Mm. This thing, they're, they're meshed. They're, they're, they're meshed. They're the same thing. And so as the pitch goes, as, the, as it goes better on the pitch, the fans are more excited. They spend more in pubs. They spend more in businesses. Um, you can't separate the two. Yeah. And so that's a huge part of English football. It's really what English football is. And certainly, just because I come from a different country, um, I don't. I understand that, and that that's really one of the things that compelled me to want to be part of this. Mm. It must have been nice when they were singing your name on Saturday. Oh yeah. Was... American flags being waved. Oh yeah. No, oh, it's Bruce fantastic. Bruce Springsteen on the PA. Oh yeah, that, that was the best part. It's one of my favorite artists. Too. <laughs> oh excellent. Did um, you suggest? Did you suggest it? Also? No, no. Someone else suggested it, kind of half jokingly, 
and I said, Bruce Springsteen, he's the boss. Play the boss. Because I love the boss. But that was an unbelievable um, experience. But it was an experience for me looking out the fans and watching them made me realize like this was the right spot this is what we want to build mm. um and my youngest son i joke about he was the one in the sort of light light oh, tan suit yeah, yeah, yeah. with the long hair and he just couldn't believe it so he's on twitter talking to all the fans and he's very much enjoying it from overseas he's not being told to cut his hair as well then or he has not <laughs> he yeah has not. yeah because i started with a ponytail <laughs> yeah. and i had to get rid of that yeah he'll <laughs> was never that were you told to get rid of it or? i was well, yeah well not so much the fans more the family oh okay. like dad this is ridiculous you need to cut your ponytail <laughs> so i finally did it in london actually oh right brilliant okay. yeah 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 because yeah, you were talking about your, your trip to the bank and the, the person in the bank was telling them you about this sleep at the sleeping job oh yeah to wake the sleeping oh yeah and that is a true story yeah and I was thought, it a bank manager, was it? It was a bank manager at a Barclays in London, yeah. and he didn't know, you know the club very well. Yeah. He was actually a, um, he was a QPR. Uh, QPR yeah, um, found, yeah. And uh, he said, isn't that the kind of the sleeping giant? And I thought, yeah, actually it is. Yeah, yeah. So I went with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, brilliant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, what a challenge. Oh, what a challenge. What an exciting challenge. I think we got it right. I think we're moving forward. Optimistic. Mm. Um, I, think, I think we're all optimistic. Can you, you just mentioned your family and Shannon we didn't hear from because I think she's got a sore throat she's got or something sore throat. like that. Which she didn't want to cough shame. on the no, on camera. No. But she's, um, you, you come as a sort of team, don't you? Yeah, I mean, she's actually the, the, the brains and the hard work and everything. I'm just mm. the front guy. Um, but she's an extremely talented worker and um, she's really focused on certain things. So she's very good at marketing, yep. sales, that side of it. And also a real passion for the, the women's sports side okay. of it. So um, one of the things, among others, that, that she will head and actually she has meetings already set up this week is to figure out how we can incorporate the women's team. Yep. Um, there's a lot of different ways of doing it mm. um, to support them and make sure that they're viable and sustainable and, and they're able to continue and grow. They're actually growing quicker than, than pretty much any sport in the, yeah. in the world right now, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they certainly deserve that. Did it surprise you that there wasn't a women's team here? Because, I mean, it had been let go during the COVID sort of time. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, sort of history, mm. um, why it happened, how it happened, COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, they're in Chatham now, yep. doing well. Um, and so the idea is just to figure out what they need, if they need anything, mm. and, and how we can support them or other ways of doing it. Because there's other women's teams around the country that need stadiums and support. Yeah. So whatever works the best for that you know, side of, of the clubs, yeah. uh, we want to make sure that we're there for them. Okay. And your, your own sort of personal sort of preference of where you want to live? Are you going to go back to America? Because you've obviously got a lot of businesses, I assume, in America that yep. you've got to deal with. All sort of uh, real estate sort of things here? Yeah. Like yeah, I think um, our, our plan is to cohabitate. So oh. about half time in the U.S. Okay. and half time here in Kent. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our plan actually even before... Uh, Jillian was um, to be halftime sort of Europe in the UK. Yeah. We sort of love it. And so this okay. just makes it even more exciting to do it. Yeah. Well, were there other towns and teams that you looked at though, was there? Yeah, there was a ton. Um, yeah. We actually looked at, I mean, most. We looked at Premier, we looked at Championship, League Two, League One. We looked at successful ones, we looked at little ones, we looked mm. at big ones, we looked at Midlands, we looked at Highlands. Um, we looked at all over. Um, and we sort of quickly had a sort of criteria of what we were looking for, yeah. um, catchment area and competition and upside versus yeah. downside, that kind of thing, um, sustainability. Um, and that's why this club sort of, you know, sort of fell into our laps. It was a perfect mm. combination of what we were looking for. It must for. have been important for your own personal life as well, if you want to get on a, get on a plane. In, in, yeah, you know, being near, near London. And London and, being near London was one. Yeah. Um, catchment area was one. But also another one, I mean, probably the first most important was the sort of sustainability. Um, this club has pretty much been 
break even plus or minus yeah. for 27 years, yeah. high and low. Um, and, you know, as I was talking about earlier, two thirds of EFL clubs are not soluble. Mm. Um, one third are. This was one of them. Um, and that's important because you're a custodian of something that you want to go into eternity. You don't want to have to either throw money in or put it into administration because it's not a viable business. Yeah. Um, and this club is. I was talking to Fish earlier and he was talking about a five-year plan, maybe championship, it, it, potentially. You're looking at this thing. Is this, this is a long-term project for you. This is your yeah, year yeah. to stay. Oh, absolutely. It's a passion project. It's a long-term project. Mm. And we're custodians of something that will go on way beyond us. Yeah, yeah, okay, brilliant. And could I just ask about the manager as well, Neil Harris? Mm-hmm. Um, some people might have been surprised that he is still in the job after such a yep. difficult first 23 games. He's still here, and um, I think we sort of got a glimpse of what he could do on Saturday. Yeah. And I take it you're fully supporting him, of him. Oh, yeah, we love Neil. Neil's a, a top man. He's a gentleman. He was a big part of interviewing and convincing players to come, mm. um, working with Andy and Kenny on who should come. Um, and again, like you said, I mean, the fact that he got, you know, what, four new players with 24-hour notice, yeah. maybe 48-hour notice, and he put them on the pitch and... I mean, I don't know about you, but it looked like they played together forever. Mm. Um, and that's what he can do. Um, and so, you know, certainly, you know, I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Right, well, it's lovely to meet you. Excellent, you and, too. Uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you. And thank we'll you. chat again soon. Yes, thank excellent. You. Thanks. Right, thank Take you. care. Well, fans, we'd love to know what you think after hearing that chat. You can email us. It's news at thekmgroup.co.uk or you can message via our socials. Next up for the Jills is a trip to Colchester United on Saturday as they look to climb out of the League Two relegation zone. You'll be able to follow the match action from that one at kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.